I believe God's calling us. He's calling us. And this to me is just a simple act of physical act of showing a spiritual desire. You'll find out in the scriptures quite often a spiritual activity is seen through a physical act. Crying out to him. Giving him praise is very much a physical thing, but what it does is it activates a spiritual result, a spiritual um, impartation. My sermon this morning is, is I want to take some time and I want to look in Matthew 18. I'm amazed, or sorry, Matthew 9. I'm amazed at how Jesus loves us. His love is amazing. He says, before you were even making decisions for or against, he says, I love them. <laughs> it says in one of the songs we sung when we were a foe in the Bible, it says when we were enemies to him, he loved us. And one of the ways he loves us is he does miracles. And that's a very amazing way of showing his love. And the word that we have in the scripture is, it says that he came to heal. And one of the words for heal is a Greek word with loosely translated, it comes to the idea of therapy or therapeutic. And when you study that word and you look at it a little deeper, you find out, that that word actually means to serve. <laughs> so when it says he came to heal, it means he came to serve you. <laughs> the creator of the universe, the word made flesh, God incarnate, who is the master of the universe, says, no, I've come to serve his creation. So this morning, if any of you have a need, I don't care if the need's physical, I don't care if the need's emotional, I don't care if it's, if it's some physiological or psychological need. If any of you have a need, he is here to come and to serve you. That's mind-boggling. That's... We don't think like that. We think of hierarchy. He's the boss. And he says, no, I came to serve. Another word that can be used instead of heal is improve. So think about this as I, as I take a few minutes this morning to share. Jesus came to improve your life. You say, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer too. But I'll tell you, I could use some improvement. I'm not perfect. Don't ask my wife. I'll just tell you, I'm not perfect. 
And part of the word heal, when you look at it and you study some of the words, the way it's used, it's used to serve, but it's also used to improve. And this morning, I'm here to tell you that God is here, and you, as you came forward, as you exercise faith, and you came, what you've done is you've opened yourself up to get an improvement in your life. So I want to share with you just four miracles and if I titled the sermon, I titled it according to a holiday, a Hollywood story, Four Healings and a Funeral. And I want you to see the amazing way that Jesus touches us. It's powerful. And, and, they, and they just flow. So I'm going to read one of the passages, and it's all found in the one chapter. But this morning, the presence of God is here powerfully. And as I was preparing for this, what a picture I saw in my mind is I saw Jesus talking. It says he's talking, people are coming to him. So this morning, if you're still sitting down, you can come at any time. You can come forward. You can sit down and you can exercise an aspect of faith just to say, you know what, I'm not even 100% sure what this means, but I'll come forward. And as you've done that and as you do that, you open yourself up to receive an upgrade and improvement from Jesus. He is the only one that can improve your life. Money, money is great. But I've seen people with lots of money that have terrible lives. And money is a funny thing because once you get it, you think you need more of it, more of it, more of it. And when you get, it doesn't satisfy. Jesus satisfies. And I want you to see, I, I want you to see two things as we look at these verses. I want you to see what Jesus did, but I want you to see what people did. Because he's a God of miracles. He's a God of power. He's a God of love. And he came, but I also want you to see what people did. And what you did this morning, is, as I invited you and asked you to come forward, what you did was you're exercising something that these people did. And something can happen in this space that will change eternity. Something can happen in this space here that can change Abbotsford. Yes. Amen. A life can get touched right here. You say, well, there's not very many of us today. No, that doesn't matter. God took 12. God can touch you right now in this meeting and in this situation and in this setting. And he can touch you once and it can last forever. He doesn't need an upgrade. He doesn't need 2.0. He doesn't need a new revise. He is sufficient and he's complete. And I'm going to read out of a different translation just to give you a little bit of a, a different wording, a little bit of a different perspective or a different way of hearing it. I'm starting in Matthew chapter 9. And I'm going to start reading in verse 18. It says, while Jesus was still speaking. And that's why I'm saying, even as I'm talking right now, you can come. 
It says, while Jesus was still speaking, an influential Jewish leader, and it's believed that was Jairus, came and he knelt before him. It says he approached. I want you to see what Jesus does and what people do. Jairus came. We've been talking about pursuit. Pursuit requires you to come. Jairus heard that Jesus was there, and while Jesus was talking, he came, he approached him, and he knelt down before him. And he said, please come and place your hand upon my daughter, because she's died. And if you place your hand upon her so that she'll live again. So Jesus, I just love this, and his disciples got up and went with him. I'm going to break through these passages. I'm going to take and ad lib or editorialize. But do you see what Jesus did? Something precious to me, my daughter died. What does he say? What does he do? He gets up and he goes. Some of you sitting here have had things that have died. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is here. And as you talk to him and as you share with him and as you come to him, those things that are dead, he says, no, they're going to become alive. <laughs> There's no hope. Medically speaking, it's dead. Physically speaking, it is not there. And what does he do? He doesn't say, sorry. He's, he says, oh, come, let's go. If you read this passage in, in Mark, it says that she was 12 years old. A child. So Jesus gets up and goes. And as he gets up with his disciples and goes, it says in verse 20, suddenly a woman came from behind Jesus and touched the tassel of his prayer shawl for healing. I find this amazing because we live in a society where it's linear and God can only do one thing at a time. But in Jesus, he's on his way to a miracle and a miracle happens. Completely different. Don't think he's so busy working on this person, he can't touch me. Well, this individual came up and they asked for healing. I guess mine isn't just, uh, he's busy, he's tied up. I'm here to tell you, he doesn't work the way you and I work. He's on his way, and this lady comes, and if you study it, you find out that she was rejected. She wasn't accepted. The pressure of society had said she was an outcast, and what does she do? She comes, and she says, if only I'm so desperate, if I could just touch the corner of his garment, and he wore a special garment. The people that day wore a special garment, and it had tassels. If I could just touch, just touch the hem of, I don't even need a conversation with him. I just need to get close enough to him to touch his garment. Nobody told her. They didn't have a doctrine class that said, you do this, you'll get healed. She exercised 
a belief in the power of God that said, if I can just get close enough to touch him, he doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to do anything. I just need to touch him and she can heal me. Who here needs a touch from God right now? He can touch you by you touching him. And you say, yeah, but, but it's not even the right setting. He's on his way to another miracle. He's on his way. He's busy. He's occupied. I'm here to tell you, he is not so busy that he doesn't know your need. He's got so much power, it oozes out of the edge of his garment. His love isn't in pieces. He's complete. He's whole all the time. To me, this just boggles my mind because I think linear. I think just this way, this way. And he says, no, I'm on my way to heal somebody. I'm on my way to take death away and to see life. And on my way, somebody touches me. And what's amazing, when you read this story, she had an issue of blood for 12 years, and he's going to heal a 12-year-old daughter. God's funny that way. It's a Godsidence, not a coincidence. It's a Godsidence. Quit trying to excuse away and just celebrate the love of God and the uniqueness and the amazingness of God that you say, you know what? I came to a, a church service and healing broke out. He's on his way to a funeral. Because if you read it, they had minstrels there. They had everybody mourning. He gets there and he goes, and, and this, this is also the way God looks at your situation. When you come to him, you might think it's dead. He says it's sleeping. It's just taking a nap. What situation do you have right now that you think is dead? I want you just, I'm just asking the Holy Spirit as I'm speaking right now, I'm asking him just to cause that, you don't have to say it out loud, I'm just asking him to get that up in your head so that you can think of it. What is in you that you think is dead? I'm here to tell you prophetically, it's just asleep. Somebody here, somebody here said, no, it's dead. No. By the power of God that is invested in me through the Son of God, I'm here to tell you, it's just asleep. Can you imagine the situation? Jesus is there, and if you read and you continue to read here, and we will, you see people coming. Do you have a need this morning? I will tell you, if you have a need, the best thing you can do is come to Jesus. So he gets up and he goes and this lady touches him and he turns around and he says, I felt this virtue go for me. And he says, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has healed you. We, we believe in healing. I don't know if we understand it. Her faith healed her. That's what Jesus said to her. Your faith has made you whole. If you're going to believe anything, if you're going to believe anything, if you're going to believe in anyone, if you're going to put your trust and your confidence in any, put it in Jesus. 
Because everything else passes away, but his word is that he came to heal. He says in, in Luke 4, he re- says from Isaiah that he came to br- heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captive free. He came to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what Jesus came. And when it says he came to heal, that word also means he came to serve. It's almost like we would feel guilty because we're selfish and say, I need it. But he says, no, I came. Before you even had the need, he came. Have you ever gone somewhere and somebody's ready ahead of time to serve you? That's what Jesus did. What's your situation? He came to improve it. This is the love of God for you and me. Can you imagine the setting, Jesus being around? If you're desperate, you'd come. I want to continue on. He enters the house and he goes, you guys got to leave because this girl's not dead. She's only asleep. Sometimes you've got to say something that's completely contrary to what you see in order to see him do something that's completely contrary to what you've ever seen. My wife is healed. That's what his word says. He doesn't say it's incurable. He says she's healed. Who here needs a healing? You're healed. 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 You say, how do you do? The word says it. And we need to start speaking what his word says. So he gets the crowd outside and then he just touches her. I just love this. Sometimes the miracle of Jesus is so powerful. Sometimes all he does is he just goes like this. It's done. (laughs) Don't overcomplicate God. If he tells you to pray 10 minutes, pray 10 minutes. If he says, reach out your hand, I believe you have more to give just with a stretched out hand than you'd ever imagine. Because you've got God living inside of you. And he wants to ooze out of you in a good way. He touches her. And then as we continue, just look at the activity here. Jesus, it says in the next verse, 27. Actually, he says he made the crowd go outside. He gently took hold of her hand. Immediately, she stood to her feet. There are some immediately's happening right now. (laughs) There are some immediately things happening right now. You might not recognize it, but all of a sudden you're going to have clarity in your mind that you didn't have when you walked in here. Do you feel his presence here? (laughs) Oh, I love this. Because I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to build your faith. And I'm here to see a miracle happen. 
and the only person I know who does miracles good is Jesus. So if I'm going to put my faith in anybody, if I'm going to put my trust in anybody, if I'm going to come to anybody, it's him. And that's why we're doing something a little unique here. Because I believe you've exercised faith. So I want to continue here. Jesus, he leaves the house. And get a hold of this. Two blind men begin following him. Who are you chasing after? You can't even see it, but you're chasing something. Are you chasing after God? Last week, Pastor Daniel shared about pursuit. What are you pursuing? Who are you pursuing? The only one worth pursuing is God. Not a career. And I believe in all those things, but it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Some of you maybe came here this morning, you didn't even know you had a need, but as you walked up, God is doing something and he's going to cause your eyes to be opened and things that you didn't even see before, all of a sudden you're going to have sight and things are going to be restored to you. The funny thing about blindness is you don't know you're blind because you can't see it. I mean, you may know you're blind, but you don't know what you're not seeing. And what did they do? They followed him. He leaves the place. And as he's going, can you imagine? They heard Jesus, something happened. There was a commotion. And they go and they follow him. We're talking about pursuit. You have to change your behavior. You have to change your attitude. You have to change your mindset in order to see what God can do. I've grown up in church. But I'm more hungry for a miracle today than I've ever been before. And not just for my wife, for everyone here. I see people with mental issues. God can heal that. He's not restricted to physical. He created the whole being. He created man in his image. He can heal of anything. He leaves the house. Two men begun following him, shouting over and over, Son of David, have mercy and heal us. Have you ever done something so outrageous that people look at you and wish you would just be quiet because you're chasing after God? Can you imagine Sunday morning coming here and somebody knows God's here and they want to see a healing and they need a healing so they say, I came to church because I heard their healing happens here. And they don't wait till Pastor David stands up. They get up and they cause a commotion in the worship service of all times. I welcome that. I'd rather see God do a miracle than me preach for 25 minutes. Because I'll preach after the miracle. And they followed him into the house. I imagine if they're blind, they must have had somebody helping them. And Jesus says, and this is a question for some of you, do you believe that I have the power to restore that? That's what Jesus said. 
So do you believe I have the power to restore sight? Sometimes his questions are not really complicated. Do you think I can do that? There's been times I've said yes, and there's been times I go, Lord, help me. Do you believe it, Matthew? Do you believe it? Be so convinced that nobody can argue you out of it. Be so convinced that you get other people to help you take, and fu- take you to where you can get help. Jesus. Be so convinced that he's the one that heals that even if you can't get there, you're going to get there. Jesus came to improve our life. That's amazing. Because I've made a mess of things. Sometimes I have bad thoughts, even as a pastor. Sometimes I do. Not every day. But he said, no, I'm here to improve your life. Who here could use an improvement? He's here. He's here. And they said, yeah, Lord, we believe. So Jesus puts his hands over their eyes, and you'll have what your faith expects. Who here believes God can do it? You're going to have what you expect. You're going to have what you're going to expect. You're going to have what you're going to expect. You're going to have what you expect. You say, well, how? I'm just doing what he did. He just came and he says, you're going to have it. You're going to have it. You're going to have it. He just touched their eyes. He didn't spend a whole lot of time. This morning, I'm just going to touch your hand, and you're going to have what you're believing for. You're going to have it. You say, I can't see it. That's okay. He can. You're going to have it. Who here needs something from God? I want to do something outrageous. I believe in a miracle. I believe in miracles. You say, well, who am I? I... I get an unction from God sometimes that I can't explain. And I believe as his servant, he said, David, go crazy. Go crazy. Because you are going to get something. You're going to get a touch from God because you didn't expect it, but do you believe it? And you said, yeah. And then he says, okay, there you go. And I'll show you that I have the authority to do that in a bit. Anybody out there need a touch from God? Cora, I see that hand. Bless you. Amen. God bless you today. God's going to touch you. God's going to touch you. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine doing that? Can you imagine? Jesus just coming, he goes, You got it. High five. I mean, you're high-fiving God. He just says, you believe it? I can do that. Do you see how simple God is? I struggle with this because sometimes I complicate it. He says, you'll have what your faith expects. And then this is amazing, and this I don't think anybody ever was obedient when God said this. He says, don't tell anybody (laughs) what happened. You know what? 
tell somebody. I mean, they did. And while they were leaving, so he's in this house, he heals this blind man. So he's had three miracles, and he's gone to a funeral. This is the fourth one. This, this person, they said, while he's leaving, some men brought before Jesus. Do you see the pursuit? While he's leaving, somebody brought. Can you imagine people hearing something, and they go, you know what? I'm okay, but my friend needs a touch from God. Are you prepared to bring somebody to where God's busy working miracles? This one, if you know somebody needs a touch from God, you could be the one that's the bringer. And they brought before Jesus a man with a demon spirit who couldn't speak. And listen to this. Jesus cast the demon out of him. Jesus didn't freak out. Jesus didn't get scared. I do not know how the demon manifested, but Jesus knew. And you say, well, what does this... If, if God says there's a demon there, he'll tell you, just cast it out. Just say, leave. You don't have to have a conversation. It has no authority. The effectiveness of the word Jesus had spoke to that demonic spirit and it left. And he cast the demon and immediately the man began to speak plainly. The crowds marveled and they were astonished. We'd never seen miracles. It's a funny thing that when miracles happen, people try to explain them. Can you not just say, I was blind and now I see? Well, what happened? I was blind, now I see. I mean, you read miracle after miracle, they try to figure it out. Can I say something? His name is Jesus. And this morning, you exercised a, a, a spiritual aspect. You exercised it physically, and you came. And I believe you came. Yes, I invited you, but I also believe that there's something that happened as you sat here this morning, that there's been an increase in your faith. There's been an opening of miracle, and the miraculous is happening because you came, and you said, you know what? We're going to go something outside the box, and God... You're going to touch me because Jesus is here. I want you to see something here now at the end of this because this is amazing. After all this happens, Jesus tells them, hey guys, you know what? The harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. Each one of you is in a field. And as your pastor, I'm here to tell you that there's a harvest right outside your doors. And I'm here to tell you that it's time for you to do what I just modeled for you here. You don't have to call them. You don't have to say, come sit down and let me tell you a story. But what you do is you bring Jesus to them. I know people within my sphere, within my arm's reach, that are sick. I know people that don't know Christ. I know people that are caught up in addictions. I know people that are desperate for a healing. I know people. 
And it is my responsibility to take Jesus to them. And I'm here to tell you, if we were to be honest and evaluate our circle of influence, our fields where we're at, there are people that are crying out for answers. You have the answer. And now I want you to see something amazing. Jesus models this, and I'm about to close here. He models it. And he gets to the next chapter. He tells them that the labors are few. And then what's amazing is he tells them the situation and then he tells them the solution. He gathers the 12 disciples and he imparted to them the authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. And if you read the word every sickness and every disease, that's the same two words that it said earlier about Jesus, that he went about... After he heals a demonic person, it says he went about and he taught everybody and he gave the good news of the kingdom. By the way, you've got good news to give somebody. This morning, the good news is God came to heal you. God came to improve your life. And the same two words that's used in the last few verses of chapter 9 where it says that Jesus went out and he healed and he delivered and he, and he cast, um, he healed and he, um, the sick and every disease. The same two words are in chapter 10. And what he did was he gave the disciples the same authority and the same ability that he was exercising to do. So I'm going to close the service right now was something that I just want to, if, if any of you would like to walk in that power, I want you to raise your hands, and then I'd like you to stand. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you just to, let's just connect with people beside you. Hold hands with somebody. Don't be alone. Pray for somebody. Jesus imparted to the disciples. So what I want you to do is as a believer, just pray for the person to your right. We'll get to the person on your left in a moment. But first, just pray for the person on the right and just ask God to touch them, to cause them to walk in a power and authority. Amen. I appreciate you coming forward and and grabbing hands. Let's, Let's make this so that we're all part of this. I believe in a radical God. I believe in a God that does miracles. I believe in a God that can heal. I believe in a God that saves. The same ability to save is the same ability to heal. So just pray for the person to your right. And just say, God, impart into them Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit boldness, Holy Spirit effectiveness. Lord, speak to them that they would see their sphere, their area of influence. And Lord, give them the ability to bring Jesus to other people. Just pray for them. Just ask God to impart with them authority to bring Jesus to other people. Hallelujah. Now pray for the person on your left. You pray for the person on your left and ask God to bring, to give them power, to give them authority. Impart with them the authority that Christ gave his disciples. So Lord, I just speak right now for everyone here. 
God, that something radical would happen. Lord, you came to improve our life. You improved our life. You came and you came to serve us even when we were not serving you. And Lord, I speak to the person to my left. I speak to the person to my right, Lord, and I impart to them Holy Spirit power. Unusual power. Miracles. Not for the sake of miracles, but miracles to point to you that you would get glory and honor because only you can work miracles. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.